welcome to the greatest combat sports and culture of the entire universe, the Fight Podcast. I'm your host, the Underground King, Serge Vicente, and today we're going to do something really, really dope for you guys, okay? This is something that I've been working on for a little bit, and I want to make sure we're continuing this for you guys, okay? Uh, we're going to have a really dope conversation today, like we always do. We're going to have our roundtable discussion. Now, it's going to be a little different. Um, and it's going to continue evolving to something better, man. But let's go ahead and jump into it, man. So today, episode 231 of the Greatest Combat Sports Culture in the entire universe, we are going to go ahead and have not one but two guests. We're joined by the guru, our brother from another mother, man. We have B. Cam. He is joining the show today, man. We're going to go ahead and discuss. Obviously, he's on the show. We got to talk boxing. But not only are we going to talk boxing today on the show, we also are blessed, blessed to have Mystic Black joining us on the show as well today, man. Can't wait to have a conversation with him. So with all the guys, eventually we're going to have everybody on together today, and we're going to have a good time talking fights. All right, so without further ado, let's go ahead and jump on into the episode. This gentleman is my boy, he has continued been on the show, man. He is our boxing savant. He is our boxing guru. He is B Cam. B Cam, brother, yes, what it do? Hey, man, I, I love my intro. I feel like I need that intro everywhere. Anytime I walk into a room, I need Sir John <laughs> to introduce me. So I appreciate that. Happy to be here. Happy to talk some fights. As Absolutely. always, let's get to it, my guy. Let's get to it, man. So check it out, man. Uh, for, for first and foremost, before we go ahead and just jump head first into it, man, bro, how, how are you doing, man? How, how is it going out there in D.C.? Everything is everything. Um, I'm getting a real fall. Boston kind of just like quickly transitioned from summer to winter. I'm getting a nice little fall, getting to work in some, some new clothes. It's my rotation. I haven't gotten to wear in a while. So it's a nice little time. I'm still in quarantine, obviously, trying to abide by everyone's social distancing rules. We but appreciate uh, you. DC, DC is good. Staying safe, uh, staying active and having a good time man. enjoying myself. There Thank it you, is, man. How, how are you doing in L.A., oh. man? Uh, I, look, man, we still can't see the sky. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, the fire, as I said, it hasn't been over here, but it's been a little gloomy. Uh, if you ever have an opportunity to check, like, the, the air quality index, a moderate, a healthy index is somewhere around 60, 75, even up to 80, and that's where it's moderate. We're up at about 160 today. So... It's pretty much like if you go outside for a walk, it's like smoking a couple packs of cigarettes. I don't smoke squares, so I've been staying my ass in the house right with my air filter. So, oh I'm yeah, I'm gonna say, I, I know that's not <laughs> issue for you. You, you the air purifier guy, man, bro. I, I we ain't playing no games. I'm I'm over here trying to like live in my own little hyperbaric chamber and shit. Like nah, I am not playing around. I respect um, it. When I when I grow up, I'm gonna get me an air purifier. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, hey, it's not about growing up. It's about having a lady in your life. That's she does it. I don't do nothing. I have nothing to do with this. <laughs> so I, I'll say finish. this. Shout out to Tosh, man, the first lady of the Tosh five. You know, um, but aside from that, man, look, man, I'm jealous. You said you guys are getting a change of the seasons. Look, man, I'm I'm a Midwest boy. I'm from Chicago. We're used to having multiple seasons. Even some all in the same day. But here in L.A., bro, it's another day of sun, man. It's 75 degrees and sunny, and it's like that all year long. So 
I don't get no change oh, weather. Wow. We feel so so bad for you with perfect <laughs> weather all year round. I I, I empathize with you, Sergio. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I look. I'm sorry. I used to talk sorry shit. I, I, I used to sound just like you. I did until I finally moved out here, bro. Because here's the thing: since the weather doesn't fluctuate anytime, the weather. I used to be out there in 20 degrees with a hoodie on, comfy. I'm from Chicago. I do this shit. You know, we're good, bro. A gust of wind blows. I need all kinds of jackets and shit now. This is not fun. <laughs> it's, it, that, that, your body acclimates real quick yeah, out here. It does. I, I, I feel crazy. like your, your blood gets like thicker and thinner depending on where you live, but your body Dude. definitely adjusts. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. But look, it, it is fall. You know, if football's back, best playoffs. You know, people look, man, you my resident NFL guy, man. How how was the NFL? You y'all know I don't watch, but at the same token, other people do. So I gotta show some love. Bro, what do you think, man? How how was yeah. how was week one? You're right. I do watch. I, I know people would like to boycott and everything. And I support <laughs> all of you guys. I just I'm not afforded the ability to boycott the NFL. Just I just can't do it. <laughs> I love football and I sat there for 10 hours on Sunday from 1, 1 p.m. till about 11 p.m. watching football. And it was so great. I had I, every single year, the first Sunday is just amazing. Like I get a, I get a wave of happiness. It's cool. But like this year, like I, I don't know if it's been quarantine, whatever it was. But this year I was especially happy. I felt like I had, I had like goosebumps. The hairs were standing on the back of my neck because for a long while, I just didn't believe it was possible that we'd have a football season. So to see it actually kick off without any issues at all thus far, we still have time for COVID tests, but to see it kick off without any issues was just like absolutely amazing. My Giants got obliterated last night, but that's okay. Uh, that's okay. I, had, I wasn't going to bring it up. I no, wasn't cool. going to bring cool. it up, man. It, it is what it is. I'm a realistic fan. I'm a Knicks fan too, so I got to deal with that. The Yankees not doing well right now, so I get it. I get it from all angles. But as far I mean, as Bears before, did come back, from what I understand, that Bears game was pretty amazing. Um, I, I mean, I granted, know, I don't know how Trubisky's they're trash, and all of Chicago knows Trubisky's trash. But at the end of the day, especially when we could have picked Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, I got you, uh, that whatever that wide receiver is, Anthony something on on, on my bench in a couple of leagues, Absolutely. and so I, I, I want to fantasy. That, that's all I care about for football outside <laughs> of the Giants is fantasy. So when you play fantasy, you have to understand you know what every single player is doing at all times. Well, I love it. I, I love it, man. We'll talk about some other sports in a little bit, man. Uh, but what we're here to game talk about... Or, no, game one with the Celtics and the Heat on. Game one on right is, is... That's on now. And then later on tonight, we have the Clippers and the uh, and the Denver Nuggets, which I've been cracking up watching this entire series. I don't know how other people have felt about it, but at the end of the day, you know what? You know what, man? Since I feel like we're already talking about this, you know, I, why not? Why not? Let's just start here. Oh, okay. NBA playoffs. Look, man, we we talking about it. We starting up. This is something I wanted the group. Maybe we'll bring it back at the end of the show. But since we already started, we're talking about it, man. As of right now, we've had multiple game sevens, bro. How have you enjoyed the playoffs this year? I'm going to go A minus. I'm going to go A minus. I think the playoffs have been absolutely amazing. Multiple game sevens, a lot of game winners, a lot of just amazing play play in general. I think Adam Silver and the NBA have done an absolutely amazing job with handling COVID and quarantine and socially distancing and pulling noise into the arenas and everybody, the the fans dialing in. Wait, wait, hold up for one second, brother. I hate to cut you off like this, but it seems as if we have 
We got a new Someone challenge. Someone else is joining the chat. <laughs> Someone else is joining the chat. So let's do this. While we're on the show, man, and this is what I wanted today. I wanted to have this amazing roundtable discussion. Um, as you guys already know, the guru is on live. We're talking to the guru, man. But we also have this gentleman coming on, man. We're going to go ahead and bring my boy, Darnell Giovanni, on the show. Also known as Mystic Black. Great MMA show. If you guys haven't had an opportunity, check it out already. So without further ado, let's bring the man on the show. Brother, what it do, man? How's what everything? it do, baby? How's <laughs> everything, man? What up, what up? I'm sorry I'm late. I apologize, guys. I apologize. Things no worries happen, at but all, I am man. Here. I could not miss this. I could not miss this. Absolutely, man. I love it. Look, man, I love how we, we're, we're trying to get this going and trying to see how we're, we're going to play with this. So as you guys know, again, I got the squad in here as well. So Mystic Black, my boy D, we have B-Cam, gentlemen. Say what's up. I don't know if what you guys have seen What's good? So what look, man, I love that we're doing this, okay? And this, the reason I wanted to go ahead and do this today is because I really want us to have an opportunity to sit there and really talk fights, okay? And we have somebody, again, we got people that are lean on the MMA side. We got my brother who leans on the, the, on the boxing side. And then we got me pretty much dancers in the middle. So what we're going to go ahead and do today, man, we're going to go ahead and talk about it. So before we get into that, Yo, D, we, we have to talk about We were just talking about this, man. NBA playoffs. Bro, you down there in South Florida? <laughs> Your boys are out here in game one? Uh, B Cam said he said he, he, he ranked his playoffs as an A-minus scale. Man, where do you rank this at, at this point in time? I would agree with that in the A minus scale on a sense of, you know, there's certain things that are aspects that are missing in the in the playoffs. Unfortunately, you know, fans. And things like that. But at the same time, we have now the most equal gameplay you can ever see because you don't have home court advantage. Now, this is pure basketball. You're not relying on, I'm going to go home, the fans are going to give me all this energy, and we're going to win on that side. So it kind of makes everything equal. And teams like the Heat, and by the way, I do support the Heat, but I, that's not my team. But <laughs> I support him. Who's, who's your team. squad? Who's your squad? I'm, I am a LeBron James fan. So we're hey, LeBron James. Where we going? Where yeah. I ride with my boy LeBron James no matter what. <laughs> so, but love to the Heat, though. Perfect opportunity for, for them to be a team like Milwaukee Bucks having no home court advantage. And look what they did. They beat them 4-1. to one. I love it. I love it. I love it, man. Um, all right. So let, let's let's go ahead and do this. So, well, B, you had an A minus. You had it as an A minus. Any other thoughts on the NBA season, man? Who do you got tonight in tonight's game? But not not the uh, Eastern Conference game. We talking about the Western Conference. Does Denver have what it takes to end up going out here and legitimately winning this series? You know, in any type of sport, I think there's something to be said for people who are showing up to compete and are happy to compete and then people who are expected to win and they expect to win. And I, that's the position I think the Clippers are in. I think they suffered a little bit from playing down to their competition, but I do think Kawhi shows up for night, tonight for game seven. The Clippers take the win and we get the L.A. L.A. show up, showdown that we wanted for the Western Conference Finals. And no, no, no. That's for the NBA Finals because whoever wins, that's winning the damn series. We all know what it is. I, I, I don't know about that. I, I don't know about that. It's a wrap. I know it is. We, I mean, you're, you're, a, you're a LeBron fan. So you're gonna, I, I am. I am. I am. I, but you know what? Only squad I'm legitimately worried about is Miami. I'm be honest with you. Uh, and uh, the only reason I say Miami is because it's a team full of dogs. And, and here's the thing. If I look over at Boston, 
Boston literally plays with six people. They're not deep enough. I look at the Clippers. I don't even think they're going to make it past tonight. So I ain't worried <laughs> about them. So I'm looking at it. It's Miami. I mean, Miami is a tough, well-coached squad. I'm worried about Miami. That's the only squad I'm legitimately worried about. They got they so got a, they got a tough uh, deep squad, but the thing is, you got four guys on Boston Celtics who you have to worry about at all times that can drop twenty five to thirty on you with Tatum, uh, Kemba, Smart, and uh, Jalen. Four guys. These are two very tough guys. Four. There's not four guys in Miami who's going to give you twenty five points every night. It's going to be yeah, two of on, them, Tyler and Hero, the other guys Tyler are going to you know. Tyler Hero can give you buckets. Yeah, he can give you buckets, <laughs> but he'll give you like eleven on a random night. You know, it's like he's not going to give you twenty five or thirty, and then he's not going to play defense too. So I feel like a lot of these guys on the Celtics are a lot of hybrid players. They play on both sides. Tyler Hero is not Dean anybody up. He's not stopping all these guys. You got Marcus Smart really playing really good defense. Jalen playing really good defense. These guys are. It's, it's, I don't know. That's why I see the Celtics just have a little bit of a better team in the sense of a lot of guys who can do things on both sides. I like it. I like it. Uh, B, who, which, who you got? You, you, you feeling with that one? Um, I, I think the Heat play really good team basketball. They play as one cohesive unit, all inspired by your boy Jimmy Butler right out there, right there out of Chicago. So I, 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 I think the Heat put up a good fight, but at the end of the day, I, I am going to be with Darnell. I think the Celtics do take it and maybe – Six games. Yeah, it's gonna be a tight. It's gonna be a really good one. It's gonna be tight. It's not gonna be an easy series at all. I like it. I like Jimmy, it. I like it. I like it. Jimmy uh, Butler just the Bucks. He did. He really did. He and the Pacers. He summed them all. Easy, uh, but easy. But all right. So check this out, gentlemen. This is what we're here for. We're here to talk fights. And um, and I love the NBA. Aside from fighting, it's my favorite other thing to watch. But we're here to talk fights and. We have not only MMA coming up, man. I got to talk to you guys about a lot of boxing and everything. And I really want to get your guys' thoughts on a couple of these different things. But we're going to start off with is this. Next weekend is the fight weekend of fight weekends. Holy shit. We have UFC 253 and we have the Charlo double header. So what brings me to my first question, I'm going to go ahead and be. I'm going to start off with you on this one. With the Charlo doubleheader versus UFC 253, who gets your money? Who should get the money? If we got this is both pay-per-views, who you got, baby? Let them know. Sergio, I don't know why you have me here. Of course, the boxing, <laughs> the boxing card is going to get my money. I am going to give my money to the Charlos and the doubleheader, the, the doubleheader pay-per-view that they're doing. They have some really good fights on that on that pay-per-view, some title fights on the undercard as well. So I think what the we always talk about what MMA does really well is they tend to stack their cards. And I think um, boxing has done a great job of that here. And the whole doubleheader thing that they're doing, I think it's a really interesting concept. I love when boxing tries new things. So the, so the first fight with the, I believe, Shermel Charlo, that main yeah. event is going to be a bit earlier in the day, maybe around 7 p.m. And the second yeah. main event with Jamal Charlo, Big Charlo, is going to be around normal time, probably 11, 12, 1 a.m. in the morning. And so that's something that we can, we'll all enjoy. But on the illegal stream, I may or may not have up a little <laughs> UFC card. I'm, I'm damn sure I'm not about to miss it. But uh, my, my focus and my intention will be all on the uh, boxing card and the Charlos for that night. I'm looking to see my boys walk out of there with their titles. Both I love them. it. Look, look man, it, it, it's true. It is. It, it's a tough one. It's super tough. Darnell, brother, what you, what you got on this one? Listen, I love boxing just as much as the other person does. But in the recent history of my life, I've enjoyed UFC cards more than anything. And we got 
a future legend in Israel, Adesanya, about to put a whooping on Paulo Costa. And I feel like that is going to be the fight to watch. That card is pretty <laughs> loaded. UFC UFC cards always load the cards better than boxing. You know, I don't watch Absolutely. Boxing. I don't watch boxing Absolutely. prelims. There's never really good fights on a boxing prelims, in my personal opinion. They don't load it as much. They're very top heavy. So yeah. if I'm going to give my money to anybody, it's going to go to UFC and UFC 253. Now, I, no okay. though. No disrespect to them because they are excellent fighters. Excellent. Oh, look, I love I love both of them. And here's the thing. In a minute, I'm going to ask both of us. And I, I want everyone to go ahead and actually break down um, all of these fights that are coming up. OK, um, but one thing I do want to uh, one thing I'm going to say is this. If we're actually looking at it in terms of who is actually. Really showed out during this uh, pandemic. More than anything else, the UFC has been the leader. They've been number one. They've been crushing everybody. That's that's not even in combat sports. They're kicking everybody's ass right now. And and and, and, it's, and I say that begrudgingly so at times. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. In this one, not only because of the the main event, but also because of the rest of the card. Come on, man. We have not only Israel, the last bender Adesanya on this card, fighting against Polo Costa. We have the ushering in of a new era at 205, man. The light heavyweight title is up on the line. You got Dom Reyes fighting against Jan Blachowicz. Those are two fights that really have ramifications. And at the end of the day, those fights, in my opinion, have an opportunity to really give us the, the, the theater that we deserve. Um, but... I am the the fight between Big Charlo and Devorchenko, I think is extremely compelling. Um, as so is the, t- the the fight with uh with Lil Charlo and Rosario. These this is a tough one. I'm not gonna lie. I'm probably gonna buy one and illegally stream the others. That's pretty much how it's gonna end up working. Uh, <laughs> but at the end of the day, that's expensive. Man, it's uber expensive, bro. It's uber expensive. And like I think we all know, man, um, but I think this is a great one. I really do wish it was not all on the same weekend, man. Um, I want to ask you guys this. And we're looking at the cards. Out of all of the three title, or out of four title fights, okay? Out of all four title fights, which fight has a bigger opportunity to legitimately be an upset? Is it... Adesanya versus Costa? Is it Big Charlo, Devrachenko? Is it Little Charlo against uh, Rosario? Or are we talking about um, is Jan Blachowicz actually going to go out there and get Dom Rez? Uh, uh, Mystic Black, brother, what you got? I think uh, the biggest subset that can happen is Jan Blachowicz versus uh, Dominic Reyes because Ooh. Dominic Reyes was undefeated before he fought John Jones. He put up a really good fight against John Jones. So everybody kind of has this assumption. Like he's going to run through John. John is pretty, uh, Dom, Dom is a guy who likes to strike. John is a guy who likes to strike. And I yeah. feel like he has a lot of power in those hands and people like to underestimate him too. And the styles matchup, it's just closer than people think. So I think John Blackwood can upset Dominic Reyes uh, the next weekend. And people are going to be surprised just assuming that Dominic Reyes is going to run through him because he had a competitive match with John Jones. He beat John Jones, but uh, <laughs> hey, hey, he beat John Jones. But, so each your own on that one. But I, I just said competitive. I'm not saying who won that fight, but <laughs> I'm not saying John Jones clearly won that fight. But <laughs> it's a tough one. It, it, it was a tough one. Um, that that's actually a really good call. It could go either way on that one. B, what you got? 
So I'm going to say Israel Adesanya. This is a bit more of a casual opinion, but is, is, in MMA, you have that anything can happen factor a little bit more than you do on the boxing side. And I think given that Israel Adesanya is the biggest star fighting on that night, if he were to lose, that'd be the biggest up, that'd be the biggest upset of the night by far. And I just, just because it's MMA and anything can happen, I think it has the biggest opportunity for, for an upset. Now, I'm asking you this. Do you think that's do you do you actually feel that this is the that's the the fight that has the most potential for an upset? Or do you think that would just be the biggest upset? The fight that I think has the most potential for an upset would be Lil Charlo, Jamel Charlo versus Jazan Rosario, because we just don't know much about Rosario and Rosario very well. So could be a, a boxing star and we just don't know yet. So him showing up with his second full training camp, anything, and he has real power in both hands, anything can happen in that fight. And so I think just based on skill, I think that fight has the biggest chance to be an upset. But, you know, it's, it's not the same. J- Jamel Charlo has one loss. He, he's, he's a title contender. But if he were to lose that night, it wouldn't be as big a deal as it would be if Stylebender lost. Oh, absolutely. No, I mean, I think you're absolutely correct. I think if he lost. He he. That would be the biggest deal out of anyone because out of all of them, he, I think he is the biggest star. I think we could all agree on that one. Uh, but in, in terms of um, for myself, B, I actually agree with you. I think the the opportunity for the who actually has the potential for an upset is Rosario. Um, I, I think that dude is is scary. And the thing that makes him the biggest underdog is I think you're right. I think we we know the least about him which makes him terrifying. He, we know the least about him. He has crazy power in his hands, and that dude is straight terrifying. Um, yo, Eddie, but I'll be honest with you, though. That is really close order up to the Jan Blockowitz one as well, man. Fam, people look past Jan Blockowitz. He's built like Frankenstein. He barely <laughs> speaks English. You know what I'm saying? But, yo, what he did to Luke Rockhold, what he did to... Um, to Corey Anderson. Corey Anderson, bro, that's the one that got me was the Corey Anderson one because yep. I was like, dude, I did not expect it. I thought Corey Anderson was going to run through him and then go for a title shot. And Jan Blokovic is a guy that I keep picking against, and he keeps fucking winning <laughs> every time, <laughs> every fucking time, especially recently. I don't know what uh, different training he's doing or different mindset that he has but he's just been very different in his past couple of fights here sure sure chin chin definitely yes, been sir, yes, sir. um no 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 prepare wait. me no prepare me hey hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey. I, just, I just had the bottle next to me <laughs> um all right so i'm gonna ask you guys this before we go ahead and move on to the next topic um i want to talk about these main events real quick um the ones i really want to break down um let's talk about uh i want to start off with adesanya versus Costa. Okay. Um, from both of you guys, and I know B, I know you're you're an Adesanya fan as well, so I know you're you're privy to to this info and stuff here. Uh, but um, how do you guys see? And B, I'm going to start with you on this one. How do you guys see this fight actually going? Do you think this is going to be like because Paula Costa continues saying that? Look, he's a runner, and I'm going to run through this motherfucker. That's what he says. Now I have my own beef with him calling him a runner, but um, I, I generally, like I said, because you said this has the potential to be more so. So how do you feel this fight will actually go? You know, Adesanya is a very skilled striker. And from what we've seen, both MMA and boxing alike, when you have skilled strikers and a guy that's just going to come forward, they're essentially ready made for that opponent. 
they get to easily pick their shots all night with the, with someone that isn't going to move. They're going to be there for them all night. So it really makes it not easy for them. So I think we could see the fight going two ways, both for Israel Adesanya. I think we could see a brutal beatdown over the course of five rounds, or I could think think we see an accumulation uh, type of knockout in maybe round two or three. I don't see like an obliterating first round knockout, but I think we could see some type of accumulation knockout in rounds two or three because he should have plenty of opportunities to land his shots. Absolutely. No, I see. I feel that. Uh, D, what you think, man? I agree with a lot of what he said. I think a perfect fight to watch um, is uh, Paulo Costa versus Uriah Hall. Uriah Hall was beating him with a jab for like a good round or two until he got tired and then he ended up getting knocked out. But he was beating him with a jab the whole entire time. Kind of counter-striking every time Paulo Costa would did, throw Didn't he drop him all? He, he dropped Costa. He did, dro- he did drop he Costa. Dropped Costa, Costa in yeah, yeah, so you think uh, Uriah Hall is – not to say that Costa hasn't got better from then, but if Uriah Hall is, is dropping you with jabs and you think Israel Adesanya, who's very good with counter-striking, is not going to catch Paulo Costa, who just kind of just rushes forward. And I don't see Costa being uh, um, patient because he's never been like that in any fight. Any single one of his fights, he's always going forward. So he's kind of given Israel kind of an easier fight to kind of pick his shot, just like uh, uh, B said there. So no, I see I, I, I see that fight going, same same thing that B said, two round two or three, they'll knock him out. Clean. Man, you know what's funny? So, yo, how do y'all feel about this, man? And I'll, tell, I'll say my pick in a minute. I think everybody, if you follow the Fight Podcast, y'all know how I feel about this shit. <laughs> but but I'll say this. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on people saying and, and B, I'm gonna lean on you a little bit with this one to start off because I know you 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 have your ears in on the pulse of the casuals for MMA. Uh, and, and there's no disrespect you because I don't even consider you a casual MMA anymore. I, I generally don't. Um, I do. But <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm gonna ask you this: How do you feel about Polo Costa and people calling Israel Adesanya a runner? Whoever wants to answer it, is it y'all? No, I, I don't. I don't. I don't believe Israel Adesanya is a runner at all. He's just not an inside fighter. He's a fighter that knows how to keep his distance. But we've never seen him just run all fight. Do you feel like he ran? What's What's the last guy? The the ball big guy that he he ran. Oh, you're, you're Romero. Yeah, where Romero. Yeah, I mean, did we see him run against Romero? It was a bit of a boring fight. They didn't strike as much, but he damn sure wasn't running the entire fight. I have never seen Israel Adesanya run. So to call him a runner, I mean, he's just a typical striker that's not going to like push forward recklessly, but he's, he's damn sure not a runner. Not in my opinion at all. I mean, look, I'm glad you said that. Uh, yeah, you go ahead, brother. What you, what you, what you got to do? Yeah. I, the last time that Israel Adesanya ever ran, if you want to call it running, was against Kevin Gasolum, but Kevin Gasolum caught him with a high uh, left head kick. But like, what do you expect him to do in that standpoint? He's going to stand there and keep getting hit. No, you're going to have to move away from that because you're a little bit rocked. He didn't run away from your Romero. He fought a very smart fight against your Romero because your Romero, Romero waits for somebody to do something. So he can just explode. That's the kind of fighter that he is. Just like Paulo Costa loves to explode in, in those, in those uh, standpoints. But no, I do not think Israel Adesanya ever runs. And I think Paulo Costa is just trying to get his energy, like trying to get something out of him to make him fight emotionally, which I don't think he would. I now, think it's, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think with combat sports in general, you get these more skilled fighters that put on a, a dominating performance, but they don't necessarily get touched too much. And then people start to call them a runner when they're really just a, a, a a fighter hit and don't get hit. That's the name of the game. And so if you do that, well, sometimes, sometimes you get that reputation, but let's, let's call it what it is. It's it's not someone that's a runner. It's a very skilled fighter that just beats you up. Man. Thank you very much. And I'm glad you guys said that. And it's true. It's, it's so interesting 
that um, that people consider that or say that people are runners because of those type of things. It's so strange to me. Um, all right, let, let's go ahead and move on um, a little bit because we still have so much to get to today. Um, and one thing I want to talk about is this. This weekend, we actually have a couple decent fight cards, okay? Um, MMA honestly has... This should be a pay-per-view. This paper, this actually, this weekend is a better card, in my opinion, than actual 253 from top to bottom. It's completely stacked. It's an incredible, but it is headlined by the fight that we all want to see. Colby Covington versus Tyron Woodley. I'll be the first to admit, this fight scares the shit out of me. <laughs> and, and I'm going to say it like this, too. The reason that this fight scares the shit out of me, because I don't think Woodley's going to win. <laughs> and, and, and not only do I not think Woodley's going to win, I, I would hate for this MAGA-loving dude to go out here and start just bumping the horn and start talking bad about BLM and all kinds of stuff. He'll have a huge platform. It'll be awful if Colby Covington wins. But... There's so much that goes into this fight. Um, I'm going to ask you both. What do you believe is at risk for both of these individuals? Do, and do you think, and who do you guys think is going to win? Uh, whoever wants to take it, go ahead. Uh, I'll go because I just know this, know this the least. But I think for Kobe Covington, who none of us really want to see win, <laughs> what, what's at risk for him is essentially being Tyra Woodley. Um, you know, he was he, he had had his title, then he lost his title, um, fought for it, fought for it again, took an L. And so now he's in a, sort of a in the MMA world, sort of a crossroads in his career. And if he takes this, yeah. he take, if he takes another loss, he goes to a different place in his career. He goes down down the rankings and he has a long fight back up to the top of those rankings to get another title shot. I think yeah. on the Woodley side of things, I really think it's just personal pride and embarrassment. He's been speaking for years about how he's beat up Colby Covington in the gym. Colby Covington is you know, it, it should be an easy fight for him. He's all talk. Colby Covington's running from him. And while that may have been true at some some point, Colby Covington made a great choice by waiting to take this fight. So he's taking Tyron Woodley, where he's clearly not in the prime of his career anymore, and he's looked terrible his last couple of fights. Lack of that, yeah. lack of activity. I mean, his, his takedown defense is still there, but that's probably the only positive thing we could say from his last couple of fights. So I'm interested to see what happens. But I think for Tyron, it's going to be, it's really just going to be pride. And for Covington. The risk is being Tyron Woodley, which, you know, he's not fighting for a title right now. He's just fighting for pride and fight, fighting for money. The title doesn't matter because he's just not at that level anymore. And he's come to terms with that as well. Absolutely. I feel you. Um, Mystic Black Brother, what you got, man? How, how do you see this going? Very interesting take there. Um, I think that for Tyron Woodley, it's his stance in the welterweight division in that elite top five. If he can't be a guy like Kobe Covington, he is no longer in that top five, and it's going to take him a very long time to get back to that title shot. And I know he wants that title shot back. He beats Kobe Covington. Kobe Covington is the number two ranked uh, welterweight in that division. In the mix. He's puts him right back in the right mix. Back in the mix. Even though he took two losses to two very good competitors in Gilbert Burns. I mean, it's and, the guy uh, who's fighting for the title and fighting, the champion. He lost to both guys who are both fighting for that title in, the, in exactly. December. So he has nothing to be ashamed of there. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely, we're going to see where Tyron Woodley is in his career. Um, I felt that he should have taken... Some maybe sports psychology kind of things because something is just off there. It's not like he he's under. Yeah, he is underperforming, but it's not like he, he's not doing the things to perform. He might have had some like different things that have distracted him within the rap career and a TMZ thing and acting and other things that he wanted to concentrate on, which I don't give him fault because 
you know, you're in this, you're in this game of life to do a lot of different things that you want to do. So why not do that while your name is still hot and while you're uh, still popular? So I feel like his stance in the welterweight division is, is definitely at, uh, up for grabs. And then Kobe Covington is for him to get back to a title shot that he wants so bad. He uh, lost that really good fight to Kamaru Usain. That's, that, that, that's what his last fight was, which was a yep. very competitive fight up until that yeah. fifth round. Kobe Covington they got his face broken. Absolutely, Kobe Covington almost won that fight. If if you look yeah. at the judge scoring cards, he was actually up. Very close. So if that fight ended up finishing, he would have been the winner of that fight, and he would have been the undisputed welterweight champion. So yeah. he beat the guy like Tyron Woodley, a former champion, that puts him right back in the mix once again, and he can fight the winner of uh, uh, Gilbert Burns versus uh, Usman. I like it, man. I, I mean, I, I'm I agree with both of you guys. I, if you look at it. Um, I think Tyron Woodley absolutely is the guy that has the most to lose in this one. Uh, I think if Kobe Covington does not win this fight, I think real, realistically, Kobe Covington might end up back on the prelims. He's not an exciting fighter. He's not entertaining. So if he loses to Tyron Woodley, who most of us believe is washed at this point in time, unfortunately, he's going to find himself right back in the prelims. Remember, he w- if it wasn't for his mouth, he was in the prelims until he fought RDA. Was was just three fights ago. That's right. So he is not an entertaining. He's not an exciting fighter. This fight is a different type of fight. I think it is a different matchup um, as opposed to, you know, what we've seen. I mean, Kamara Usman and Gilbert Burns, uh, especially with their grappling, are much more aggressive. They're going to come at you, and then when they're on you, they're going to hold you down. They're going to beat you up. Kobe is just going to try to control you. He's just going to hold you and try to control you, and he's going to try to pitter-patter. What I am concerned about for this fight, though, and this is the reason why, and look, my heart, say, my heart says uh, Tyron Woodley, my head says Kobe Covington, right? And the reason it is because Kobe Covington is one of the highest strikes per minute guys in the sport. Tyron Woodley, the older he gets in his career, he's gun-shy. And he doesn't let his hands go in the same manner. If Tyron Woodley cannot figure out a way to let his hands go in this next fight coming fight, Kobe Covington is going to pick him apart and, and just coast into a boring decision. B, what you got, man? So I think that works to Tyron Woodley's benefit because Tyron Woodley, his activity has dropped in his fights. But what is he? Tyron Woodley is a very, very good counterpuncher. And so yeah, he'll have absolutely, absolutely. Counterpuncher. He doesn't have much power coming at, coming back his way with Covington. Yeah, I agree with that. And then Tyron Willie fights backwards a lot, but he'll be okay counter-striking with a guy like Kobe because he's not going to be afraid to take a shot from him compared to Burns and Usman, who have way more power than Kobe Covington. Kobe Covington throws a lot of volume, but he's not knocking anybody out. He's knocked nobody out in his career. So I don't see him knocking out Tyron Woodley. But no, Tyron yeah, he, he won't knock him out. That. He's got to be careful with that fighting backwards thing because he'll lose points on the judging scoring cards if it goes to a, a decision. Absolutely. One of the um, things that one of the things that happens as a fighter gets older is, you know, they, they keep some of the some of their traits, and one of those things is power. Power stays with you. That don't go your, anywhere. Your punch resistance goes down. So even a guy like Covington could be a danger for Tyron Woodley at his age. Yeah. No, I believe it, man. All right. Um, let's go ahead and move on to anything else you guys want to say about that fight or this upcoming card. Oh, I didn't give a prediction. Did you give a prediction? B. I don't know if you gave a prediction. What was your prediction? I mean, I, I'm. I'm, 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 I'm We'll go each one. What's up? What's your prediction, B? I'm going to go Woodley by knockout, going with my heart here, and, you know, not much to lose as a casual fan. So, Woodley by knockout in round two. What you got, man? After the 10 rounds that Tyron Woodley has just lost to those past two fighters, there's no way he doesn't come back from that. 
I got Tyron Woodley knocking out Kobe Covington, second, third round. I agree. I'm going to go the same thing. I got Woodley knockout second, third round. Um, that's because that's the only way I think he's going to be able to win. Uh, <laughs> it's called spade a spade. Uh, it is what it is, man. All right, uh, real quick, I want to touch on this quickly. This weekend, 154 in boxing keeps fucking bringing hits. Erickson motherfucking Lubin is back against Gaucha. Bro, this is actually a fight that I think a lot of people are overlooking. B, what are your thoughts on this matchup? And what's next for Erickson Lubin if he actually gets past him? So Erickson Lubin, we have a, a young fighter. Erickson, Erickson Lubin is 24 years old, 24 years six, old. 16 wins, one loss. Terrell Gachet, I forget how to pronounce his last Gachet. name. Gachet, I think, yeah, Gachet, Gachet. I think you're right. Uh, 20, tw- uh, 21 wins, one loss. Both one-loss fighter. Interestingly enough, fun fact, both of those fighters took their loss on the same night. Um, I was there for that. So I had the privilege of being there for that. And <laughs> <laughs> his brother was there holding it down. I, I, had, I had the privilege of seeing both of them get their ass whooped in the same night. Uh, that was the night Erickson Lupin got his ass blasted in the first round by Jordan Charlo. And then there was a boring decision by Arislandi Lara. Yeah. Uh, it was a boring fight, emptied out the entire arena, but beat up Terrell Gauchet for 12 rounds and won an easy, yeah. unanimous decision. Now, Terrell Gauchet has not done much to impress me, but even more so, I mean, he hasn't done much since that loss. He has one win against Joey Hernandez and then a draw against Austin Trout, who is no longer anywhere close to his prime. Not, not going to say that he was cool, but I mean, at this point, he's just a journeyman and test fighter. So he couldn't get past Austin Trout and anyone who's relevant in the division, with the exception of Jason Rosario, has pretty much gotten past Austin Trout at this point. Erickson Lubin, he's taken a little bit of a different path. Since that first round loss to Jamel Charlo, he's run off about four wins straight. He's been pretty impressive in all of his wins. And I do expect him to get the win against Gaucher in a competitive bout um, that I think will end in a late knockout on this upcoming Saturday. But it's definitely something that people need to be watching. Erickson Lubin is a impressive prospect, even with that first round loss. And look, I've gotten away from giving fighters shit for taking losses. It's one loss against against one of the champions in the division right now. I certainly think he comes can come back from it. He has, and I think he'll be victorious this upcoming Saturday. I love it. I love it. And I think that's a good pick, man. Um, brother, D, what you got, man? How do, how do you see this fight going? And how, how familiar are you with Erickson Lubin? I am not familiar with these two boxers. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not too familiar with them. Uh, what weight class is that? 155 pounds? Something 54. Like that? 54. Yeah, what pounds? Is that, is, that, is that the same uh, weight class as like a Terrence Crawford or, or is that a, a two heavy? One, one weight class above. One, one weight class above. One weight class yeah. above. Okay. I do not know too much about these guys, but mm-hmm. the way that you guys are speaking about them, I definitely want to check that out. To see where they go. Erickson Lubin's a dog, bro. Erickson Lubin's a legit dog. Is this going to be on ESPN? Yeah, Showtime. On Showtime. Showtime. It'll be on Showtime. Yeah, it'll be on. It's not a pay per view. It's a regular, regular Showtime. Regular Showtime. I'm not too familiar with this one, so this is on you guys. You guys can 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 go back (laughs) with this one. You got me on this one. Yeah, no, it's I'll, all good. We about, uh, well, I, go ahead. I would say it's, it's a good fight to watch out for. Though I'm picking Erickson Lubin, Terrell Gachet is no pushover. He only has one loss, and he does have a deep amateur background. So he, he has he's a he's a skillful fighter, not as skilled as obviously as a guy like Arislandi Lara, but he definitely can can give Lubin some issues with with his movement. Um, yeah. And Lubin isn't like a an idiot. He he can fight. He can box. He, he knows how to, he knows how to get that left hand off, which he calls hammer. So, I mean, he's he's someone who's been very impressive thus far. But Terrell Gachet is no pushover. But like I said, sticking with Lucas for the win. 
I Lubin. love it. No, if Erickson Lubin's great. I'm going with Lubin as well. I think he's going to look good in doing this one. And he's going to be a problem at 54 like he's always been. Um, all right, so check this out. Let's keep it with boxing a little bit. But this is something that I'm open to floor for everybody because I think all of us paid attention to it, especially when we're talking about, to be honest, most of our number one boxer, pound for pound guy in the sport, talking about Canelo Alvarez. Canelo Alvarez is suing Golden Boy and the Zone. Canelo versus Golden Boy versus the Zone. How do we think this ends up? And I will be honest with you. Let me take this one from the beginning. This is ugly. This is very ugly, man. And this is something that we've seen time and time again um, with boxing and their promoters. Um, I hate to say this, man. The Zone did not come up with their end of the bargain. The fact that the Zone is going out there saying that top-level fighters aren't prime fighters. They're not legitimate guys. And they want Canelo Alvarez to fight Khabib Nurmagomedov and, and, and Jorge Masvidal and, and, and Oscar De La Hoya, but not fight actual boxers, I think, is an issue. Um, and from a birdie told me, and it seems like it's, it's coming in, it does not seem as if the zone is going to be in the United States for the next six months. I think they made a mistake with this. I think that they dropped the ball consistently. I think what's going to end up happening, I think Canelo will eventually leave Golden Boy as well, um, and he'll end up probably promoting himself, to be honest with you. Uh, um, anybody, like I said, go ahead. Since I, I, know, I know less about this, but I can definitely speak on behalf of the, um, Canelo Alvarez is a, a, a fighter who's never backed down to anybody. He's fought a who's who's a name. He's always going to fight. He's always going to put up a good, pretty good fight. He fought Triple G twice. He's fought up in, in weight classes. He, keep go, he keeps going up to fight uh, different people in, in weight classes. And when he signed that zone deal that worth, how much was it worth? Like three hundred million, three hundred and fifty million, something like that. Yeah, I was always skeptical about that, and the zone being a new company too, to like give him that kind of a deal and for them to keep their part up going because a lot of boxing promoting is just sketchy to me. I don't know, especially with Golden Boy and it's like the first Triple G and Canelo fight, which I felt Triple G won that. Like, yeah. there, there was no, no doubt about that Triple G won that fight, but they it ended up being a draw somehow. Not saying boxing is fixed, but something there is a little skeptical to me. And I never been. Oh, don't get it twisted. When it's Canelo, it might be fixed. Yeah, I but don't it's know. all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to be honest. And I'm not a big fan of Oscar De La Hoya. I think Oscar De La Hoya has a lot of issues mentally and a lot of business I issues agree. too. I know he's made a lot of money for people and his and himself at the end of the day, which is probably more important to him. But this is gonna be I think this is gonna end very nasty. And and Canelo should have been in a business of this promoting himself like a Floyd Mayweather who has his own promotion. How is a guy who's the, the top three most popular fighters not promoting himself and still under the banner of other promotions. Yeah. Uh, what you think, B? What you got? Well, to respond to Darnell, what Canelo, what Canelo did wasn't, I think it was smart. People aren't buying pay-per-view in the same manner that they once were. And so Canelo Alvarez has guaranteed himself at least $30 million a fight. That's a guarantee. He does, it doesn't matter who buys pay-per-view. None of that stuff matters. He doesn't have to worry about promoting himself. He knows that he steps in the ring with the people he wants to step in the ring with. He's going to make at least $30 million a fight. So with people not buying pay-per-view like they used to, that's going to be a security blanket for Canelo. Now, Canelo is not a big a star as Floyd Mayweather. So while Floyd Mayweather had a lot of success promoting himself and, and fighting under the Showtime banner, Canelo Alvarez, he's 
close, but he'll probably never be at that place in his career just due to the fact that he doesn't speak English as well as Floyd Mayweather. And his personality is just very different as well. Floyd Mayweather can easily promote himself because he talks a lot of shit. That's never going to be Canelo Alvarez. And maybe with the Hispanic speaking audience, it'll be a little bit bigger. But that's just not his. While, while he's known to the general public. He's just not going to have the same impact that a guy like Floyd Mayweather has. So it was a smart deal. If you say that you're going to pay me $30 million, no matter who I get in the ring with, then I'm damn sure going to sign that contract because that gives me security for the rest of my prime. And even as I start to get. get so we see prime. that we see that be. But how, how do you issue, see this? Yeah, so go, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, that's all. We're gonna get the issue, the, the issue that comes into play here and you started to speak about it is Golden Boy. That's the common denominator because Zone seems to have issues with Golden Boy. Canelo, we know, has issues with Golden Boy. Now, why does the zone have issues with Golden Boy? Why does Canelo have issues with Golden Boy? What what is what what is Golden Boy doing on the zone side of this lawsuit? Well, what's going on is that Canelo is alleging that Golden Boy made promises on his behalf that he didn't uh, that he didn't clear. So, a uh, Golden Boy it promised the zone that trilogy fight with Triple G. That trilogy fight has not happened. And though Canelo was a little bit more open to that trilogy fight than he once was, because at a certain point he hated Triple G. He did not like how he handled uh, Canelo testing uh, testing positive for the tainted meat. And so he didn't want to give Triple G another payday. And he understood that, that, Triple G, those tacos. that Triple G needed him. <laughs> For another, for another payday. So this Golden Boy goes and promises the zone that they're going to get that third fight with Triple G, where Canelo never knew anything about that promise. So now here the zone is expecting that third fight with Triple G. Canelo is taking on other big name opponents, but not Triple G. And the zone at a certain point is getting fed up. They want to see that third fight materialize with Triple G. And now they're trying to hold their money and they're saying, hey, if you're not going to fight Triple G, then we're going to cut your salary. And that's where they end, that's where they're at now. Canelo's like, hey. I had a contract that said you were gonna, I was gonna make at least $30 million a fight. Now you're telling me something different. That's an issue. Golden Boy, I've already had issues with you. Come to find out that you promised the zone that I would fight Triple G. I never ever said that. And now you have exactly. me, look, me looking bad. And Canelo likely will not fight in 2020. And that's a huge loss <sighs> for a fighter that loss. is absolutely in his prime. Big money loss. Oof, it's terrible, man. Um, I, I yeah, I think it's a misplay. Uh, I think Canelo's doing what he has to do. You got to fight for you got to fend for yourself in this manner. But uh, it's it's really unfortunate what's happening right now with that, especially being that he's the biggest name in the sport. All right, um, moving on. Hey, well, the, has, other, the other side of that is going to, is going to be does it like sh when you're talking about this much money. If they're looking to cut your salary from 30 million to 15 million, it's still 15 right. million, 15 million dollars. And that's the other argument for uh, for this conversation. I'm on the side of Canelo, like make your money, you're owed that money. And if they're not going to give yeah. you your money, release you from the yeah. contract. But that's the other side of the conversation. Absolutely. No, I see. I, I hear you, man. And um, let me ask you guys this real quick. Uh, one word answers from both of you. Does Canelo stay with Golden Boy is Canelo is good. Is Canelo going to be with Golden Boy in 2021? Yes or no? B. Yes. D. No. Ooh. All right. We, we will. We will definitely find out. Um. Okay. This is going to go ahead, and this actually deals with so, a little bit so of just, both. Okay. Just, just so you know, you, I, you don't want me to move on, do you? I, I, I want to <laughs> add that the Golden Boy has a force majeure in their in their contract. And that's going to bind Canelo because it's obviously like COVID is a is an otherworldly event. So that's going that's going to work in Golden Boys uh in Golden Boys. Right? No, 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 where is it? That's a very good yeah, point. That, I'm glad you brought that up. 
Um, all right. Um, I do want to talk about this, though, because I, I, I know we have a little limited time and I don't want to take up all y'all time today. But I do appreciate both of you guys coming on, man. I, I love doing this. I hope we get to do many more of these, man, because I think a roundtable discussion, you know, is, is really dope, especially when it comes to topics like this one. Ugh. <laughs> this past week. Here in Cali, unfortunately, uh, Donald Trump was here and he met with Dana White, Henry Cejudo, Justin Gaethje, Roy Jones Jr. My question is this, with everything that's been going on, um, I, I find myself troubled by these athletes of color black or brown, and you forget, Justin Gates, she's Mexican. Following behind somebody, you know, in this manner, who is actively been speaking out against people, literally said a couple of days ago, or one of those damn Woodward things, I don't give a damn about black people, literally says this shit, right? He goes out there, this is all going on. Is it not interesting? And I've been peeping this recently in MMA circles and now, especially even with like it, like people like Roy Jones and what is up with like athletes and these, these athletes from this, our, the sport that we love really being conservatives and conspiracy theorists. What's that all about? What do you guys feel about this? I got a, I got a couple of different thoughts on it. Um, Please. One thing I'm not going to look forward to a guys who get punched in the head daily for their decision making to be correct because they're definitely not thinking <laughs> right in a lot of decisions that they make. Two, you know, yeah. everybody's entitled to their opinion, you know, whatever they they feel, whoever they want to vote for, they feel confident in this person, go ahead, mm-hmm. do whatever you got to do. But at the same time, it's a little weird because a lot of these guys are like uh, ch- children of immigrants and Donald Trump is not the biggest fan of immigrant people coming to this country. He, he, literally, exactly. he literally wants them not to be here and he wants to get them out as much as he can because that's his Thing, make America great again, make America fill in the blank again, you know, yeah, yeah. What, he, what he wants to do. So that's kind of a weird thing to see Henry Saudo, a son of two Mexican parents. Justin Gaethje is half Mexican. Ali Adeladiz is not from here. And he has a really Dude, sketchy He so has a real sketchy background. background. And that kind of shows you who can meet Donald Trump because you have to do an extensive background check. And for that guy to pass something like that, either Daniel White has a lot of pull with, 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 with uh, Donald Trump. Or it just it's easier than everybody thinks to meet a guy like Donald Trump. So that was kind of confusing to me. But at the same time, you know, these guys are gonna kiss up to kiss up to the boss too because Dana White that's his best friend. Donald Trump has done a lot for MMA too. That's another thing. But I don't know when it comes. Unfortunately, to, yes. Yeah, if you kind of put the the politics with that too, it kind of doesn't make sense. A little confusing. Roy Jones, Roy, Roy Jones Jr. On the other hand, he has like dual citizenship with Russia, and you know who has connections to Russia too. So I'm not surprised that all of these things are just like coming together. It's unfortunate, but at the end of the day, we're going to see these things happen all the time within combat sports and in sports period. And that's all I can say about that. Mm. Um, Brandon, man, what do you think? I'm just going to, I don't have a, a, a long take on this, but I'm definitely going to go ahead and echo Darnell. I think it's trash. I think it's terrible. A lot of people, fight, fighting is a broke man's sport. It's not like a lot of rich kids that come in. It's not fancy. You know, fighting is a broke man's sport. And it feels Thank like you. a lot of these fighters have turned their back on their, the communities that they've come from. And that is trash to me. Um, a, guy like, a guy like Roy Jones Jr., I'm a fan of him. I'm not sure what's in it for a guy like that. Maybe you have some of the employees of the UFC just doing what they need to do to make sure they're in the good with Dana White, which I can understand to a, to a certain extent because Dana weak. White 
Dana White gets smoke with you, you'll be out the UFC. And then how are you going to feed your family? That's something I understand a little bit more. But I, I think overall, it's trash. You have these guys that they come from nothing. They, they rise to stardom through the fight game. And now you have, a, you have them essentially kissing the ring with a guy like Donald Trump, who's been terrible for our nation and terrible to our community. These dudes are straight neocolonialists. And it, it, for those of us who don't know what that is, it's literally somebody who hates themselves and hates their own people. It's crazy to me um, to sit there and actively s- salute and, and be, be friendly and, you know, and, and, and just kiss, like I say, kiss the ring to somebody who actively speaks out against people that look like you and your family and things like that. It blows my mind. Um, it, it, it makes me sad. Cause I don't know if you guys ever have an opportunity. You go through the, the comments of uh, especially MMA blogs and stuff like that. Holy shit, man. <laughs> the the MAGA runs deep through that shit. 100. And it's, oh, and, and it breaks my heart. I mean, D-Man, you, you in Florida, you understand. I mean, it, it's one of those things when we look at this, it, it really rubs me the wrong way. I, I And here's the thing. I, I'm going to say this. The, I've always stated that individuals in MMA, I, I always give them benefit of the doubt because a lot of us are college educated. A lot of these are intelligent individuals. So what the fuck are they doing when they're literally dropping the ball, man, and hanging out with this goofball, man? And, and again, for a photo op, for a pick, I, I, it, it rubs me the wrong way. Dude, I saw Rashad Evans liking multiple Donald Trump tweets. Rashad fucking Evans. Bro, it makes no sense to me. And i also say this. I've been picking Roy Jones Jr. to win. Mike Tyson gonna knock that motherfucker's face off. <laughs> so I say about that. <laughs> just, uh, that there it is. Yeah, Rashad Evans has been knocked out a lot of times, especially in later in his career. So once again, I'm not trusting these guys who just be, kept getting hit in the head. They, they're not. They're, they're not making any sense. They're not making any sense. <laughs> it, it, man, it, it's Justin a terrible Gaethje, thing. Come on, Justin Gaethje's been hit a lot of times, man. There's no way this guy's making correct decisions <laughs> when it comes to things like that. He's, he's got no time for that. But that's my personal opinion. No, I, I, I'm with you guys. I'm not mad at it all. Um, I definitely feel you. Um, all right. Let's move right along, man. Hey, this has been fun. I definitely wanted to get all these in here. Let's see. What other questions do I have for you gentlemen today? We had the Whitley. We got Canelo. We got this. We had this. Oh, we have to finish with this one. Um, look, man, this is the Fight Podcast. We are the greatest combat sports and culture show in the universe. So with my brothers here, before we get up out of here, we got to talk about some culture. Yeah. What have been the best albums of 2020? Look, there's been some heat. I've been loving all kinds of music. I, I, I don't know if you guys had an opportunity to watch the Versus Battle this weekend. I, I felt like I was at my grandmother's house. And I loved every bit of it. <laughs> you know? Bell and uh, Gladys Knight. That was amazing. Dude, hey, hey, real quick. Not, little, 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 little story, man. Uh, Gladys Knight, it was is actually a friend of the family. Was at, my grandfather was actually her mentor. Uh, so interesting. I knew her from a little, little kid and shit. So I don't know. Uh, so I was always a fan. All right, uh, but damn that, we talk about some good music. What y'all got? Uh, I give y'all my picks. Actually, you know what? Fuck it, gentlemen. Oh no, no, no. I, want, I, want, I want your pick. I want your pick. I want. Your oh pick. man, what, what what have I been vibing to? Okay, so check it out. I'm not going to take one of yours because I know one of them, like I said, oh, you're yeah. probably going to talk about recently. But um, as of right now, my albums of the year, I'm rocking with Freddie Gibbs. 
I think Freddie Gibbs, uh, and that was one Alfredo. That was one of mine. <laughs> Man, it crazy. Um, I, I look at Alfredo was nuts. Um, I have to also go with um, Royce the Five Nine allegory. My God, amazing! And also, shout out to Royce the Five Nine. He's a huge boxing fan. Got to show some love to Royce the Five Nine there. Um, and also, look, man, I'm a big Big Sean fan. Man, Big Sean came out with some dope music uh, this past week. Number one album in the country. I fuck with Big Sean. Pop Smoke also had a really dope album this year. Uh, so I'll say if I get four, those are the four that I can think of off top. Uh, and that's just hip hop. I got some R and B in there if y'all want, but fuck it. <laughs> I got um, I got two, I got two that were uh, different from what you just said. You 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 said uh, three of them that I was gonna say already, but um. He's like, he just, he really went in and he got very personal with that album. He didn't have to do I that. And I felt yeah, that I he did it. a really good job with that, even though it was like a longer album, 20 songs, mm-hmm. but it was a very good amount of, of, of like quality music and not that much quality music comes out in the past couple of years. And I feel like when you get an artist that can provide that kind of music for you, mm-hmm. you definitely want to stick with that. Um, his girlfriend, Janae Aiko dropped a very fire album this year. That was amazing. Um, I'm forgetting the name of the album off the top of my head, but it's her most recent album. That yeah, was great. it was like, like fuck niggas or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just, she be she saying she wild. Like, well, she's checking up on spiritual man, and I appreciate you that. Know? I um, do appreciate it. And then I got this artist. Her name is Orion Sun. She had she uh, dropped Ooh. off called Hold Space for Me. She's really good. You should check her out. It's like a really good like space space kind of like R and B that is just beautiful and her voice is beautiful and she produces Ooh. all of her music you should definitely check out uh i love that old space for me that's a really good album this year and one of my favorite albums that i've had on repeat oh i love it i, I i'm an r&b dude so i love that i'm gonna definitely check those out Absolutely. uh b what you got what's your albums of the year so i look i look back a little bit i got a little baby my turn um that's a good that album is cracking um yeah i slept on it for a little bit but definitely yeah. went back and listened definitely de- deserves to be in that conversation also, a hidden J album, J Electronica, written oh, testament. Ooh, oh, how did I forget it? That was this year. That was 2020. I just went for it. I just went for it. Ages. <laughs> so oh, I'm, I'm, great album. I'm going to throw that in there. Um, Dave East, Karma 3. I, that's been that's heavy, heavy in my rotation. A solid, solid, solid project. Um, Conway. Recently dropped. I'm a king to a god. That's an amazing project. He really, really did his thing on that. And last but not least, you know where I'm going. My guy, uh, Freddie Kang, Gangsta Gibbs, whatever you want to call him. Freddie Gibbs with Alfredo. It's my number one album of the year. Man, hey, hey, all great albums, man. Uh, Yo, Freddie. Freddie Gibbs has been has been coming with some heat recently. Oh yeah, he he ain't stopping. He ain't stopping. He's on a Conway album. Like I mean, he's on a run. Killing right it. He's on a serious run. run. Great follow on Instagram too. <laughs> Great follow. Oh man, yo, with him and Tyler the Creator a couple of days ago, I was weak. I was laughing my ass off. Oh, when, they were on, when they were talking on the versus chat. Oh no, not even then. A fucking Tyler the Creator went into his slid into his DMs and sent him a, like a picture just of him like. Like a selfie, and oh you know, my God. you know, Freddie get Freddie Gibbs posted it on the story. It was like the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> 
Those dudes are great, man. Um, gentlemen, this has been fun. Um, he I, I, the, he I, and the Celtics are going to overtime. Yes, they are in overtime. Seriously. I can look it to my left because the game is good. It's crazy right now. See, this series is going to be like that in every single game for sure. Guys. <laughs> so so we, we all keeping with the A minuses. We moving it up. <laughs> I'm still going to sit with that. I'm still going to. When the playoffs is over, I give an accurate. Uh, a sub, not a, a, a prediction of not prediction, but just like answer for that. There, there it is. Well, we'll bring everybody back. We're gonna do this again, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today, man. Um, I, I really, I want to make sure I want to have these roundtable discussions. I think it's a lot of fun. I think we get a lot of positive information in here. Uh, and again, it's just fucking dope ass content, man. So, uh, without further ado, man. Uh, before we get you out of here, B. D, what's up, man? Uh, D, let them know where to find you, bro. At Mystic Black MMA on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, at Mystic Black MMA. Hit me up. We can talk. Uh, I do a podcast every Thursday. Sometimes it's on Wednesday. It depends. But I always let you know beforehand. Got merch. Got a lot of things if you want to buy. And we're just going to keep this moving. And got some good interviews coming up in the next couple weeks. Yeah, fire. Fire interviews, man. Just had a great interview today with Ricardo Lama, man. Chicago's very own. Uh, I don't know if y'all noticed, I was a teammate of his for a second. Uh, because MMA Masters was actually here in Chicago. It was not here. It was in Chicago, and I was part of MMA Masters Chicago uh, for a while. So, yeah, so I worked with him a little bit back in the, back then. Uh, but real nice guy, man. Um, happy that he went out on a win. So, salute to Ricardo Lamas and brother salute to you man thank you so much for joining us on the show today always always absolutely B man where can they find you my brother yes sir sir pretty usual thank you for having me I love to be here love love talking with you guys it's been a great chat you can find me on Instagram at bcam13 that's bcam with two m's and on Twitter at bcam thinks that is bcam with one end I'll talk to y'all soon absolutely gentlemen thank you so much for coming on the show and we will absolutely see y'all next time right here on the fight podcast see y'all we're getting close out real quick you thank you so much to my guests man these men are incredible i'm telling you if you're not checked out mystic black see his show i'm great interviews great get great merch great content check him out man also Great follow on IG. Check out uh, B-Cam. So that's B-Cam Thinks on Twitter. So check him out there, man. Great. Uh, both of them good dudes, man. Amazing guests. And they're doing some dope-ass shit. Uh, do not forget, each and every week, we are brought to you guys by Everlast. We are brought to you by CBD Pure. And we are brought to you guys by Nug Club Official. So go ahead, apply promo code the fight. And you will get some little bit off on each one of those things, man. This has been your boy, host Serge Vicente, the underground king of the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, the Fight Podcast. Man, you're watching us live. We were live today, man. Love you guys. Thank you to my guests, Mr. Black and BCAM13. BCAM, love you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. And I will see you all next time right here on the Fight Podcast. Deuces. <laughs>